Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Pixel Drone Show, our weekly podcast where we talk to people who make a difference in the drone industry. And today uh, we're talking to Stephen Sutton. Uh, Stephen is from Helsinki, Finland, and he bought his first drone in May of 2017. So that's some time ago already. And then he progressed quickly in the world of drones and now runs a drone consultancy company called The Flyby Guys. And Stephen just came back from organizing an amazing light show where we just showed uh, a little bit from, and we'll get back to that later on, uh, in Taiwan, where he flew uh, 1,500 drones uh, for about an audience of 1 million people. So that's uh, that's quite a feat. Uh, Stephen, we're very happy to have you as our guest today. Welcome to the Pixel Drone Show. Good afternoon. Good morning to all of you, whatever you are. Nice to be there. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, thank you for, for joining us. I know it's uh, five o'clock in, uh, in Helsinki, so for you, the weekend is about to start. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but um, let's, let's dive right in. Can you tell us a little bit how you got started with drones and what made you decide to buy that drone back in 2017? Yeah, so um, it was something which I was just interested in from the photography side. I was really interested in to see how the world looked from above you know, to look at the symmetry of, you know, you know, the aerial, you know, view of, 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 of the actual land. And, and, uh, and I bought a drone, started taking pictures and really enjoyed this new perspective that we could, you know, see, see our own surroundings. And I, um, my work quickly became quite popular and, uh, and, and it really kind of started from there. So, um, yeah. That's cool. So, so you're the uh, the CEO of a drone consultancy company. Can you tell us how you get started, when, and how did that come about to be? Yeah, well, like most of these things, how they start, it always starts with a couple of beers <laughs> somewhere in some in some pub, and that was exactly how this happened. So, uh, I think it was about a year after I got my first drone, which was a Mavic Pro, actually. So, it was a Mavic Pro, the original one. Uh, and uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Moore, uh, you know, was sitting having a you know you know a few beers, and he said, "Look, there must be a way that we can capitalize on what you're doing here." He says because it's really popular; people love your work. Is there a way we can, you know, do something special? And we started to talk about you know the possibilities of having a company, and uh, we had ideas. And then that night, I went, you know, you know, you know, I went home and went to bed. You know, having thoughts in my head, you know, before I went to sleep, and I had the idea of the flyby guys. So I sent a message to Chris the next morning and said, "How about the flyby guys?" And he said, "That's it, that's it." He said, "You know, we're just..." and and from then on, it, you know, it just spiraled. So, so what services do you offer? Well, at the very beginning, uh, we started to look at. Uh, what sectors we could actually provide services for, and 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 we, you know, being here in Finland, it's a very very technology based society that we have here. Lots of startups, uh, you know, lots of heavy development. So we really wanted to focus on how drones could make a difference within many of the sectors. So obviously inspections are one thing, but we really wanted to focus on AI. We wanted to focus on getting the data not just going and taking pictures of houses and this is the easy mm -hmm. way that you can make money because there's not much money in that anyway, uh, but really focusing on sectors where we could make a difference uh, in that sense. And that's what we've done. So we've, we started to look at technology uh, and, and, uh, and, and also software where we could provide 
actual data that would provide value. And that, and I do believe that actually providing value to sectors is the only way that we will actually push the drone business and it will actually go, uh, you know, into something special. So when you, when you explain this to us in, in let's say, uh, a minute or so, it sounds like uh, that was a quick and easy journey. But did you guys have a background in the kind of technology that you were uh, going to consult companies about or how did that happen? Um, not not quite. It was more actually Chris Chris Moore, uh, who you know who was one of the founders, my partner. Mm -hmm. uh, he he has a heavy background in startups, and and so he knows how to deal with these small businesses in terms of technology and what to do. And the guy's a genius when it comes to that. And he's kind of the unknown guy within the flyby guys because he's always in the background. I'm the person's in the front doing all the other stuff, but he's in the background. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he he is the backbone of the company in that sense. But it's been very much his baby as as as, as mine as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been something that we have been really pushing in terms of technology, pushing the technology more all the time so not really wanting to stand still so we've been dealing with uh, for example the uh, municipalities here so we've been you know they're very open to new technologies and to and and, and also to be using ai so when we went yeah. out to speak with them they jumped at the chance to be able to use drones and gather data in a new way and that that turned out to be very very successful for us so, so can you uh, perhaps talk us through like the the initial customers that you work with and the kind of drone services you offer to them versus where you are right now and the kind of customers that you're currently working with? Yeah, well, um, we were actually working a lot with um, the the mobile industry as well, so the actual telecom industry. So we we have a, a piece of software where we work, where we actually provide data. So we do the inspections for for the telecom masts. And that's gathering the artificial intelligence. So we get the height, we, you know, get the make of all the boxes on there. So uh, we, we have just opened up an office in the Middle East as well just now. So we are talking with lots of mobile operators in the Middle East. Uh, and that's growing very, very fast as well. We, we then, as I say, we're working with Helsinki City here. So we were gathering data for uh, um, um, the roads. So at the end of the winter, just like, like what we have right now, is, um, the uh, city the, will do a cleanup of all the snow and ice and all the stones that they use, uh, you know, and, and they want as much data of the roads as they can so we will be actually providing them data as well so so from the mobile uh from the actual telecom side we have we actually have services there and then from the artificial intelligence towards the uh, municipalities we also have that service there and um, we do consultancy for for you know various services as well so if there are companies that are looking to do lots of you know you know, if they want to do things like BV loss, uh, you know, mm -hmm. as well, we, we have been doing that. We have been involved in some projects where we have been doing drone deliveries. Uh, and, and, you know, that's something which I'm, I'm very interested in, but I'm very opinionated about in terms of where that's going to go in the future. So we were involved in a, a big drone delivery project here in Helsinki where we were doing pharmaceutical deliveries. And it wasn't something which was just a... a uh, you know, like a proof of concept, we actually had customers. So we had a, you know, we, you know, you know, we had a web shop where people were ordering, and then we would have, you know, the shipment, and then we would deliver it to a place, and they would come and pick it up. So it was real world rather than just 
we can fly something somewhere and yeah, it might work, you know. So and that's all been documented. It's on it's, it's on our YouTube channel as well, so you can see that there too. Well, uh, we'll be sure to come back to uh, to drone delivery later on when we uh, when we talk about the uh, industry in general. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lots of questions there. Uh, so, how big is the company now? Uh, you you you're doing a lot of different things. How, it's not just you and, and your business partner anymore. Yeah, well, we have uh, you know we have Michael over in Dubai. Uh, he's 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 running the office there, uh, and I have a you know I have a pool of pilots uh, based in Dubai and also Germany, a few here in Finland, uh, and um, I've, we've got one somewhere else as well. I can't can't remember where he's from. Uh, but we've, you know, we've got about seven pilots that we use for the work that we have, and we also have a, a good run of pilots with in Helsinki as well, and some businesses. So if we need pilots, I can, you know, I can call out to any of the businesses here and get that done. Um, so you've talked a lot about um, growing fast. Were you self-funded, or did you get VC money or any external help? We had a very small amount of investment at the beginning to to help with just getting some of the equipment, but apart from that, we are you know you know you know we are self funded because we're a, we are a service company you know we are a we are a, you know we are a consultancy company so um, we've one thing which has been very good for us has been our network and the and the Finnish business network the Finnish drone business network is actually fantastic so we really work. We're a very, very close knit community here. Um, we talk with each other. Uh, we, you know, we share information. You know, we help each other. It's it, it's it's a fantastic uh, you know ecosystem that we have here because we need each other. You know, there's there's something with the which, mm-hmm. with the drone industry, which there's many countries that don't quite understand is that if you know there's a lot of competition, but at the same time we do need each other. And that's something that which is very special here in Finland because all the companies we talk with each other, we help each other. If someone, you know, needs a drone or can't do that work, they will offer it to to uh, someone else, which is which is fantastic. I think that's uh, that's awesome, right? I mean, for a young and fast growing industry like the drone industry, it makes sense that we're trying to help each other out and figure out what uh, what the next steps are and how we get there. Um, shifting gears here for a little bit. Uh, at the beginning of this interview, we showed a little bit about the drone light show, and I think we'll play some some more of that footage in the background here. Uh, can you tell us uh, more about the the show, where that took place? And I know there's some restrictions about what we can talk about, but uh, maybe you can you can talk us through what we're seeing here in the background. Yeah, so this is the Lantern Festival at Kaohsiung uh, in the southwest of Taiwan. And it's a yearly event that happens in the country. It moves around from, let's say, Taipei to you know other cities and whatnot. So it was in Kaohsiung this this year, and it's an incredible light festival. And uh, you know, there's lots of different installations from from different artists around the world. And this year, the highlight of the of the uh, show was. Uh, the drone light show, which we had actually provided there, so um, and that was quite—it was—it was something special, something very special, I have to say. Yeah, it was really incredible. It looks—it uh, looks amazing. I mean, one of the things, and I don't know if, if people have seen this a lot, but uh, the shows used to be more two-dimensional in the past, and now um, we're seeing these these three-dimensional shapes. Uh, is that a newer development? Yes, yes. The, you know the you know the ability to do three D gives you much more depth and much more flexibility 
for for the customer you, you know you know, what they want um, and and I would say that this animation in particular was was something very unique it was I mean you know from our point of view you know we are doing this all the time so you know you see these images in the sky uh, you know and it's like yeah okay but I am I, I still look at this and I still I'm still in awe a little bit you know <laughs> it's, it's quite an incredible piece of work uh, that has been done um, Are you guys the one providing the uh, the video footage at the same time? Going no, around, no, uh, and that, no. That was actually that was actually uh, like a separate team, which again, you know, we had to work with because we had to make sure that they were, you know, outside of the buffer zone, making sure that they understood where we were flying. We know where they're flying. So every day uh, or if, every night, when 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 this team were actually flying with us. We had to have safety briefings and we had to go through with them what they were doing, where they were doing it, what the weather was like, you know, if, if there was any stronger winds, just in case. Uh, so, I, um, but, the, you know, the, the level of operations is really quite big. So to make sure that, you know, the, that the animation goes well and obviously that everyone is safe. Um, so that is quite detailed. How many drones are typically used? It depends. It really, it really depends on what the customer wants. It's, it's all down to the budget. It's all down to what they want themselves and the level of the animation as well. So, so it really, you know, this this was the largest one we had ever done. The the this, the smallest we've done is three hundred, and the usual amount that we do is five hundred. So we jumped from five hundred to to fifteen hundred, which which sounds like a lot. But it, it kind of doesn't really matter. The, the only difference is you need a little bit more help on the ground to 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 uh, deal with things yeah. and stuff. So, uh, but it, you know, it, it doesn't make much difference, really. It just looks more impressive. So that was 1,500 for the uh, animations that we just saw? Yep, yep. Oh, okay. Wow. So... Uh... I got it's a double question. It's how long does this event actually last in terms of the the light show in itself, and then also in terms of the event? Is that a, a multiple day event or is that just a one day event? Um, the event itself was was for one month, so it started I think on the second of February, ended on the twenty eighth. We were doing I think eight shows in total. We, we were doing so it was eight wow. shows over over that time. So we also have rehearsals in there. So we have to do lots of planning and, and whatnot. So there's there are things we have to get ready so that when we do the first one, everything is, you know, everything is working fine. So uh, so quite a bit of flying for us, but let's say seven days of, of, of shows. And it's quite, and you have to keep it, and you actually have to keep it secret as well. So it's not easy keeping it a secret. Fly, flying that amount of drones at nighttime is not, it's not easy to keep a secret, you know. I can imagine. I mean, uh, I think these these shows, especially the ones where we have this many drones involved and more of those 3D shapes are amazing. And I hope we're going to see more of those going forward. Um, can you tell us, like, what is the biggest challenge in, in making a drone light show like this one a success? Uh, well, it's always safety. Safety is always key. It, it, you know, it, um, you know you, if you have a good team that you're working with all the time, you know, and, and you trust that team, it's always down to safety. You know, the same way that, you know, if, if you're flying a Mavic, it doesn't matter. You always think about safety. Uh, and, and it's the same when it comes to doing these kind of shows. It's always about safety. So when we start that way, then, then you know, then it just becomes easy.
Can you can you tell us more about that? Like, I mean, if you have fifteen hundred drones in the air, like, how do you what do you do to make sure that that is a safe situation? Um, try not to go into too much detail about it. That yeah. I can actually say, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, you you know, when you understand the system, when you know the environment, understanding the system, yeah. uh, knowing what you know what could go wrong or what you know or what you know or if you expect something to go wrong i think especially weather weather is you know something that we yeah. that, you know we take very very seriously and not just because of rain but also wind because as as you know wind is different as at, at certain levels so when we look at the animation you can see that you know one height might be 200 meters in the middle it might be 150 you know so those those levels are are you know they can have different you know effects so we do check all that and that's something that we check you know always before we fly the wind is always checked at every level and if we can see that it's going to not be great then we will delay it for maybe five or ten minutes if we see that it's going to go down so because again always safety you know we don't take chances um i have a quick question have you ever had a drone fly away by accident no 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 absolutely right. not the, the, the system is perfect oh. <laughs> No. Um, all that being said, do you think that, you know, just with climate change and environmental concerns, do you think that drone light shows will eventually replace fireworks? I don't think they will. I don't think they will replace fireworks. I think that they will be a more acceptable, um, you know, alternative to fireworks because um, fireworks have their advantages, but they have massive disadvantages. And, when it, and, and I think also price is one thing as well. If, I mean, if I give an example, Dubai is somewhere where you will have lots of fireworks, where they have fireworks all the time. But to have an impressive fireworks show, you're looking at something in the region of about $10 million, which is a lot of money if you're going to impress people because the average <coughs> fireworks show can, you know, is, is just meh, you know, whereas if you think of somewhere in the West, if you do a kind of meh show, it's actually really, really good. But in Dubai, they're always pushing and pushing and pushing. So, like so in the Middle East, they are really looking more at doing drone light shows because they get more for their money. And also at the same time, you have the environmental issues. You have, you know, uh, you know, it's much much better if you have animals or people who maybe uh, you know, you know, maybe suffer from certain disorders. It's a much more pleasant experience. And I have to say that when you see those drones go up in the sky. It's much more emotional. Uh, you know, it really gets people. It's something which is very, very special. And if you've never seen one of these shows, I would really recommend you go and see it because it's much nicer to have that experience rather than get a fright if you see fireworks in the sky, you know. Now, of course, with, with fireworks shows, it's not just the, the, the light spectacle. It's also the, the sound and the, the sound of the explosions taking place. Uh, when you fly a drone show, is there something that kind of fills in that, that gap? Because a drone itself doesn't make uh, noise for, let's say, an audience at a distance. But do you guys use music to, to augment the show? Or how does that work? Usually, um, in fact, I think every show we've ever done, we've always had music. Um, yeah. So you always sync that up with it. Uh, you know, a good example of what drone light, drone light shows are like is, is, is a mixture of aviation and the entertainment industry. So those two things together are what drone light shows are about. Now, of course, we are 
mainly about aviation anyway. I do have a background in entertainment. I used to be a I used to be a musician in my past life. So it was something that was very easy for me to go into actually because I really understood you know the pressure and and what it's like to be you know you know to be doing these things. So we do work with music and we'll and we'll, and, and you know we'll have time code for example or we might have accounting but uh, the, but the music is very much synced up to the animation itself just to give that experience you know. So I want to know, you mentioned 1,500 drones. I want to know the logistics of traveling with 1,500 drones. How do you ship this stuff? <laughs> it's, and you don't have to answer if you can't, it's, but it's, I, I want to know the logistics. It's just it. always shipped to us. It's not something that we are responsible for. So we will just show up and okay. they will be there waiting for us. And I, and I have to sign for it to make sure. And then at the same time, have to take them all away again. So uh, yeah, it's not something we have to worry about. <laughs> Wow, that's that's incredible. And then also kind of a follow up on this, um, the, the the charging of all these drones, I guess if you're doing eight shows in a row, that's going to be some logistics as well to get everything charged. And I, and I know there are things you can't talk about, but that would be amazing, maybe discussing this a little bit. Yeah, it's challenging, I think, for any any company doing any of these shows. And there are pluses and minuses to these things as well. So being able to charge uh, you know, on the field, or, or or let's say charging off the field, uh, you know, you need more manpower. But then again, you know, there are also minuses to that as well. So um, it's 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 very it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's controversial, but it's very it, it's it's something that being able to you know work around from a man manpower and then balancing from a financial way. Is, is really tough. It's, it's actually very, very challenging, actually. So, Yeah, you, you're not showing up at the airport with your drone and then plug it in into the uh, at the gate to make sure it's ready yeah. for the show. <laughs> it, it's got to be something incredible. True. So, wow. Uh, and then, sorry, I got one more follow-up question. Um, how did you get into uh, drone light shows? It seems like it's kind of such a, a niche market. How? What gets you interested? You said you were a musician before, but how did that come up to be? Well, um, a good question. It's, well, we have been doing large operations in the past, so it's been something which being in these kind of large, you know, let's say large amount of project, EU projects, you know, for like so Cesar, uh, for the you know, you know, you know, for U space and stuff, uh, we've been involved in these. So working with uh, you know, you know, large organizations with many people, you know, to a deadline uh, is is very very important to be able to manage these types of of the operations. So doing the drone light shows. Uh, you need to have a good level of management. You need to have a good team. You need to have, a, you, know, you need to have calmness on the airfield. You need to understand what is at stake, how, what, and when it should be delivered, and 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 at the end of the day, it has to be done safely as well. So it's 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 I you know I'll keep saying this all the time. Safety is absolute priority with what we do, you know, and and with every company as you know you know yeah, you know when they do these shows. And uh, and it's no different for anyone. 
So if, if you look at uh, the services that your company offers, do you think that uh, light shows are going to be a bigger part of that going forward? I mean, are, are you planning to do more light shows and kind of specialize in that area? Or? Yeah, I think from a consulting point of view, yes. Um, you know, we've, you know, we're already, you know, I've had companies, other, you know, other drone light show companies, you know, actually contacting me uh, almost every day, actually, uh, you know, wanting to speak and wanting to, to talk about doing doing uh, doing some collaborations in the in the future uh, because I think you know my team are, are you know the experience that we've gained in the shows that we have done around the world yeah. under different you know under different circumstances different you know environmental you know surroundings uh, and and uh, you know and under that pressure because there is a lot of pressure involved in this as well in being able to you know, being able to deliver all the time is is absolute key to that. Um, you know, there's things that you will never see. You know, you know, and that's the mystery. You know, you know, but it it, it is a fascinating. <laughs> side. You know, I, I do love doing the shows. Is it's I I I mean, if I have to say, out of everything that I've done in my life, it's the hardest job I've ever done, but it's the most gratifying job I've ever done. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned that you you've been doing light shows in different parts of the world. Um, are the regulations that you have to deal with very different, and and does that have an impact on the operation of the light show? Yes, it can, and we could talk about this for a long, long time, actually. So uh, you know, this you know this is I would say an entire subject in itself. But yes, you yeah. you know we have to work with different regulations, and we have to work within those regulations within those countries, uh, but. We have a lot of understanding, so you, we get help from the local CAAs, uh, and you know they, you yeah. know, you know they're very, very, they're, they are so helpful uh, because they want this to happen as much as we want it to happen as well. So they will do all they can. Sometimes you have, you know, you have, you know, silly kinds of bureaucracy and whatnot, you know. But we, you know, you just have to work around that. You know, there's not much point in complaining about it. Yeah. You just have to work and get around it. So we've had a few other drone light show companies on the show, including Great Great Lakes. Um, who do you think, if you were to pursue drone light shows, would be your biggest competition? Um, I don't know about who would be any competition. I think that every company is doing something unique. You know, they're all you know they all have their different offerings and. Uh, you know, and they're all doing amazing work as well. You know, they're all doing fantastic work. So it's it's unfair to say competition because again, going back to what I was saying about you know you know, let's say helping each other is that is that this is still a very early industry and I think it will grow. I think there there's a lot more to give. We have to be very careful about when it comes to safety. You know we ha we have to be very vigilant about that because it will just take one of these drones to come down oh, yeah. someone's head and that will be the end of, of this industry almost in a sense you know uh, so um with with the amount of safety features that we have in place you know that is the most important thing but you know it's all it's all down to experience it's all down to you know actually giving that experience to the audience uh, and and how we work with that is 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 a, is, a, is I think the most important thing as well. So in terms of competition, I I really can't say I know all these companies. I you know I've been talking with them all. They all have some great features. They all have some yeah. you know something special. 
Speaking of something unique, I saw a, uh, there was something in the news about light show that had drones carrying fireworks. I think it was in Dubai, mm. actually. Uh, is this something that interests you? Is that a, a, a next level challenge? I'm, I'm guessing the, the regulation from a regulation standpoint, that's going to be something, but also from an operating standpoint, that's going to be something pretty cool. Um, I, actually, it's funny you should say that because one of, one of the, uh, it was the production team that I was working with, he has something like that. He has drones that has fireworks on it, actually. And, uh, and, and we were talking about how that works and whatnot. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm always up for a challenge. I'm always up for doing something new. And um, we did actually have fireworks at the end of one of our shows that we were doing in Taiwan. And I'd never worked with uh, fireworks before. So not only did we have to have work with, with let's say, you know, the music, but we also had to work with timing with the fireworks. And that, so, so that was something new that was actually a first for us. And, uh, and it turned out to be very, very successful as well. So, but fireworks, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, I would, you know, I would do that. <laughs> um, shifting, shifting gears again. Let's let's talk a little bit more about the the drone industry in general, and and probably mostly from an uh, international uh, perspective. Also, uh, if you look at Google Trends and you and you search for the word drones, you can see that it kind of ramped up in 14, 2015, 16, and then it started tapering off from 2017 onwards. Uh, I think that might be an indication of the industry maturing. Uh, where do you think where do you think things stand uh, right now, and what do you see as the biggest challenges going forward for the drone industry in general? Well, you know, every year we always hear that this is going to be the year. Every year is the same. You know, it's going to be this year. It's going to be this is this is the year of drone delivery. This mm -hmm. is the year of of whatnot. Um, you know, you know, I tend not to really look at these kind of trends and trend, and you know, I tend to follow them. I'm too, you know, I'm too focused. On what we are doing, and uh, I do, I do think that you know, I do think that we need to have more companies focus on what what separate sectors need. I think that you know we need to focus on the sectors. There's lots of people who start up a company, and it's always like a media company or something, something photography or whatever. And these companies never really last because there's not much work there. You know, someone thinks that because they have a drone, because they have a, you know, you know, maybe they have a Mavic 2 or an Air 2S, they think, oh, great, I can go and take photos of houses and stuff like that. And that's not the way to go. That that's that's actually the worst thing you can do. You know, so you know, you need to think outside the box. For for every business, every company, if you want to grow, you have to be different. You have to think outside the box. Um, so uh, you know, in terms of trends. I don't really follow trends. I tend to just, you know, I don't want to say follow the money. It's, it's not really the right thing to say, but uh, I would say that, you know, we really have to follow what the sectors are looking for. And, you know, if you have the software, you see the value, you see, you know, you see the gains that you're going to give. That That is the trend for you. That is the trend for that sector, you know. Um, yeah, so I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Well, speaking of sectors, um, which ones in the drone industry do you think offer the most potential? Obviously, it's not a media company or just photography, but no, no, what do you no. think? No, I, I, I really think that, uh, that, you know, when people go down the line of photography, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's just a waste of time in a sense. But I do think that artificial intelligence, gathering data is the way to go. That, 
is that's going to provide the value, whether it's in the energy se sector or whether it's in the telecom sector, whether it's in the building mm -hmm. sector. You know, you know, information is, you know, uh, you, you know, our data is key. It, it, it is very, very valuable. And we have the ability to provide that. You know, even if you have an Air 2S, which has got a one-inch sensor, we now have the SDK for the Air 2S. You know, that's a fantastic drone for you to start and to start to deliver data. And you have the ability to do it, you know. Uh, and, and, and that is a great starting point for anyone who wants to start a company and do something different, do something where you can actually make money, you know, where you can grow. Um, so we're circling back to drone delivery. I think it was back in 2013 when Jeff Bezos uh, from Amazon famously said that uh, in five years, uh, drone delivery from, from Amazon to consumers uh, would be a routine occurrence. And uh, that was back in 2013, so that would get us to 18. Uh, we know now that it didn't quite pan out that way. Uh, what do you think the biggest challenges are for drone delivery? Uh, where do you where do you see that it adds value, and where do you think uh, yeah it, it doesn't? And um, I think it's I, I've been quite vocal about this on other other channels as well. Uh, I think the drone delivery as a mm -hmm. as a whole is a complete waste of time. There's no value in it. It doesn't provide anything. It will never provide anything. However, for valued sectors such as the medical industry, uh, you know, like so hospitals, uh, that is where. I can see drone deliveries making the actual difference there. Um, uh, we have been doing drone deliveries for the phar for pharmaceutical, and we have gathered the data. The city the 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 city of Helsinki has gathered the data, and they see that it, it that is something which we do. You know, you know that we have to have. Not only was it successful for the for the. Uh, for the pharmacy company, but it was also successful for for the public, because we gathered data from every from every angle of of that, and it was absolutely huge. So yeah, but I but I I do think that Amazon, I do think that food deliveries, shopping, milk, is you know it doesn't you know I I don't think there's any future in it at all. Yeah, we we recently spoke to Wingcopter on our show, and they said basically the same thing that uh, when when items are of high value and there's a high level of urgency such as uh, medical deliveries or organ deliveries that's when drones start to make sense and uh, he also mentioned that uh, for instance walmart's uh, shipping toothpaste by drone to uh, to people a mile away is is pointless basically so um yeah i heard that uh, from other people yeah well. i think that if 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 we look at how much money it takes to start up a helicopter you know, you're looking at $40,000 yeah. just to start a helicopter. And then when you have that helicopter fly five kilometers, you know, you're looking at an extra, you know, maybe $80,000. Whatever a drone can do is going to be way less. It's going to be much, much less. It's going to be better for the environment. So it's, so it's a much more, you know, acceptable way to actually do a drone delivery or, 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 or do an actual delivery in a sense. So, um, yeah, so I do see that that's, that is the future. Yeah, thank you for echoing the, uh, well, 
the the importance of drone delivery i think for for medical supplies that's that's where it's at uh, or uh you know sending samples or whatever it is something that's timely and and much needed um, i, I want to expand on drone delivery because there's also the concept out there of uam urban air mobility larger drones that are going to carry people uh moving around especially in busy cities um how do you see i know it's it's getting big in europe as well as it is in the us Uh, where do you see that going, and do you think that there's a need there as well? There's still there's there's still quite a lot of research going on here, and um, I've you know I I know you know you know I know personally a lot of companies who are involved in these research uh, and projects. Um, yeah, there are some things happening within Europe. I think there's something happening over over in Estonia just now actually as well. That was part of the of the GovU space. Um, uh, uh, trials that were going on. Um, I, I still think we're a long way off. I, I still think that it's not it's not there yet. I would like to see more focus going on to the drone side, uh, and I would like to see more investment going there where they can see a return of interest. Whereas still, there's a lot of money, even though it's EU. There's most of it's EU money, uh, you know, which of course is fine. Um, but I would. You know, I think having a return of interest on these research projects is extremely important for the future because if there's no return of interest, then no one, no one's going to invest in it. You know, you know I mean, you, you know, you won't have VCs putting that money in the future. So it's important that we focus on what will be, you know, you know what will be beneficial and what will help us. So over the last few years, we've seen drones become uh, less expensive, but also offer better features. Do you think we're reaching a point where drones can't get much more improved for um, what their cost is um, at the same time? Or do you think there's uh, more to, there's more way to go? Um, I think the technology um, can, you know, it can always improve, whether it be battery life, whether it be working in, you know, in different weather conditions as well. I would like to see, as, you know, being able to fly in the rain, you know, as always something which stops operations. And, you know, every, you know, every project you're on, if you're on operations and the rain starts, that's it. It's over. Uh, I, would, I would like to see more, more focus on being able to fly in the rain, uh, and also wind improvements as well. Um, yeah, those kind of things I would like to see massive, massive improvements. But I think also in a sense, the improvements also have to come from the personal side that people being able to understand when they shouldn't be flying or how they shouldn't be flying as well. So I think it works both ways in terms of, of the technology. Can you can you also talk about uh, where you would like to see room for improvement when it comes to drones that are used for drone light shows? Is that something we can talk about? Oh, it's a good. That's a that's that's a good question. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I can imagine the rain, for instance, the waterproofing of drones might might play a factor there, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, um, you know, you know, there's you know there's no end to the to to the ends of technology how we can do things. Um, I'm, you know, when it comes to doing the doing 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 the drone light shows, uh, you know, I'm not sure how that can improve in such a way. I would like to see it, you know, maybe you know, maybe flight time improving in such a way. But again, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know it's it's all down to the experience as well. So, yeah, yeah. 
I, I want to switch gears and talk about regulation. We, we love talking about regulation on this show, and especially when we have uh, foreign guests, because, well, we're, we're, I'm, I'm no expert in Finland and, and their regulation. I know uh, Europe and EASA has some common rules for drones. Can you give us maybe a, a quick synopsis of the, the general rules that you would have to follow in order to fly a drone? Well, it's much the same as you have in the US. So if, if, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're having your license, so we have the A1, you know, you know, the A2, the A3. So we follow very much on that. Of course, if you're sub 250, it's, it's a lot easier and you don't have to focus too much on the license side. Um, But within the regulations uh, here, we, you know, you know, you know, the Finnish people, the Finnish public, the Finnish, let's say, drone community are very supportive. They follow the rules. We have, uh, you know, we have good development with applications here that we use to announce our flights. So, you know, and 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 we're all very open about how how we do that. Um, it's but at the same time, the regulators are also very open as well. So in Finland, you know, we can work very freely and openly with the Finnish transport industry and they are very willing to help us so we get the support from the regulators and it's all very good so uh, you know you know but I, I I you know I do like working with the regulator side because they're very supportive at the same time they have their own industry and without us they don't have a job so in the United States pilots sure. need a part 107 certification in order to charge for um, commercial purposes. Is there something similar in Finland? Yes, we have the A, A2. So we have to get the A2 license in order to do that as well. So, and that will allow us to, 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 uh, um, you know, you know, to do business and also to fly within, you know, a certain, you know, you know, a certain distance of people or even fly over people as well. So. So recently in the United States, the FAA has made it more uh, or less strict to fly uh, over people, fly in the dark with drones. Uh, is that similar in Finland and in Europe as well? I mean, have those regulations loosened up uh, Yes, also? We, we do have regulations that you know, we can't fly near people. So if, uh, so if you have the A2, you know, it's a lot easier for you to fly with, you know, from, from a certain distance. I think, I think it's 25 meters, I think it is. Uh, and then with the A2, we can also fly over people. I think, or the or the or the A3. I can't quite remember just now. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still recovering from my trip, as you can see. <laughs> it's it's quite heavy. Uh, so yeah, but uh, I've um, you know, and that's not something which I've been doing too much anyway, because I've been focusing too much on what I've, on 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 that side. So I haven't been working much with with the with the ASA regulations because I've been you know I've been working abroad <laughs> and working at nighttime obviously which yeah. is which is a bit of a you know kind of a, a bit of a strange one too because we you know we can because we can only work at nighttime you know So in the U.S., we have this thing looming around the corner called remote ID, remote identification. Uh, I know there is something similar in, in Europe. Can you talk about that and kind of the uh, maybe, um, you know, we have not so much the, the technical part of things, but the acceptance of the technology. Well, we have use space, Europe. you know, which is happening here. Uh, and there have been lots of trials going on from 
from uh, from the European Union. So we have the so we so here with within Finland we have Golf U Space, which is the Gulf of Finland U Space project. And I've been involved in one of those projects, which uh, we were, you know, I had two drones in the air, and the police uh, were, you know, they you know they managed to take control of my drones and land them. Which of course was great. We we were inter uh, you know we were um, and and, and we, were, we were integrating with AirMap for that, and there was Altitude Angel and different companies involved in there as well. So um, uh, you know, um, it's I think that the acceptance has to really come from the, the actual regulators to make you know, us understand or to make or, or to make the public understand. But at the same time, we have to have the businesses that will actually enable that as well. So if the regulators are not supporting the businesses, there's not much point in having new space because the whole point of new space is to have the corridors so that we can have the drones flying in certain places doing whatever they are supposed to be doing. But then you would have the other drones in the air being able to fly doing what they are doing. And then you would have manned aviation, obviously, above that there as well. So if you were in charge of the Finnish or European Aviation Authority, what would you do to help the drone industry grow while staying safe at the same time? Well, I don't think they're really doing too badly at the moment. I, th you know, I, I think that you know the support that the regulators, especially here in Finland, because you know, like I've said, they are very supportive of the drone industry. They're very supportive of the drone community. Uh, they they have lots of seminars where we can talk, where you know, you know, you know, you know, we can openly discuss certain issues, and they will go through safety procedures. They will go through any accidents that have happened or any reports that have been done. So they are very open about this, which I think is the most important thing. So the transparency that the regulators have with the community, not just the business community, but also with the drone hobby community is very, very important. I don't think I would change anything because I think it's working very well at the moment. Um, I would just like to see more businesses being able to do more things like BB loss for, for that. That is quite difficult in order to get those type of permissions. We have done it ourselves. It, it it's not you know it's not the easiest thing to do, and uh, and it's quite time consuming, which of course is actually quite costly as well. So we're we're nearing the uh, the hour. Uh, I know it's uh, it's about to be weekends in Finland, so we don't want to take uh, take up too much of your time. Um, our our last question that we always ask our guests is: uh, What is your favorite drone to fly? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, I always travel with my Mini Two because it's I because I just throw it in the suitcase and it's something which I can just put up anywhere. I love the Mavic Two Pro because it's so reliable because of the sensor. You know, the, you know, you know mm -hmm. the image quality, um, but I I do like my mini too, just for its simpleness and the fact that you can throw it in the suitcase and then take it out and just you know fly it anywhere. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. There's probably no no easier drone to take <laughs> with you other than uh, such exactly, a small one. yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for being with us today and being on the Pixel Drone Show. We definitely appreciate your insights and all the information that you shared. 
for anybody who's listening to our show, and if you want to know more about the Flyby Guys, then please be sure to check them out online. It's flybyguys.com. We'll make sure to uh, include all the links in the description below. And also, if you enjoyed this episode of the Pixel Drone Show, then please be sure to subscribe and to like our channel and share it with friends and family. Uh, this helps us uh, a lot uh, to, to grow this channel and get uh, very interesting guests like Stephen uh, on our show. Um, this one is going to go live uh, on Tuesday. All our shows air uh, every Tuesday morning. And yeah, stay tuned and we'll be back with another show uh, next week. Thank, Thank you. you so much.